You're listening to the Out of Ishan podcast, where we analyze and offer helpful solutions to issues in our world today. Here are your hosts, June and Co. Welcome, everyone, to the Out of Ashan podcast. This is your host, June. And I'm Co. And we have been friends for a very long time, and we're super excited to now be able to communicate and connect with you via podcast. We've thought of a lot of different ways to do it. We were like, yo, should we um, do seminars? Should we teach? Should we go the traditional route? Hey, this is, this is a new medium, the new platform. The one that's easily accessible. So why not do the podcast? And the cheapest. Hey, that's true. Yeah, and it, and it reaches all over the world. So actually, we plan to do all of those things um, with our great background and education. We've been educating people. I mean, him and I used to always, growing up in the church together, we would go travel to Ocean City and Rehoboth Beach and Allsburg. everywhere. <laughs> all throughout the Maryland, D.C. area. We were in a band together. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the drummer. You know what I'm saying? Closest one, I think, to, to um, Dre Dog. Shout out to Bugs. JYB. And <laughs> JYB, who influenced us. And from that, you know, I went into the music business and have done some really cool things uh, through music and reached out to a lot of young people. So seeing the impact it's had on the culture, which I hope to, you know, I look forward to explaining a lot more of that and, and seeing how the hand of God moves through everything. Um, and then your experience as an educator yeah, through, throughout education, you know, knowledge is power. And, you know, as the scripture says that, you know, without knowledge of people perish. So that is one of the foundational pieces that we want to focus on as well, because how can we move? How can we grow? How can we better ourselves without equipping ourselves with the knowledge and the information necessary to do? that? So that, that's one of the biggest things for us. And even growing up, we've been educating since a very young age. I'm yeah. talking Sunday school. Yeah. You're talking vacation Bible school. You're talking um, like internships. We've been doing it all for a long time, and but it been, just it hadn't been formalized. And, and we've been fortunate too, because it's like we have a good quorum, you know, like for us, for instance, we've been friends since what? We were fifth grade. Yeah. Know. And now we're just hitting 40 and this is like our, our prime. And we figured, okay, what do we do now? You know, because from our 30s to our 40s, we were like... Like I said earlier, I was in education. I was working in the nonprofit sector, so I had an opportunity to work throughout Africa. And that's what this Ashan is about. The podcast Ashan finds itself not only deeply rooted spiritually, but culturally. And being African, you know, our parents being from Ghana uh, or being from Africa, um, and me traveling throughout Africa, us being amongst Africans, we grew up in a church in a setting where there was a ton of Africans. Probably 90, 100% of African. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> pretty Everybody much. I mean, from Liberia um, to, you know, they have Everybody the man come up up front to the church and say, you know, uh, there's what's going on in <laughs> Uganda, <laughs> Sierra Leone, Liberia. Liberia. And the people are yelling and crying. And we like kids like, yo, can we go play basketball? Go, we going to the go-go. Okay. And even going to the go-go. You know, go-go music, shout out to DC and, and the whole DC scene. That was really a powerful testament to you know africa because it's the only african-american quote-unquote music music uh-huh because you got from the roots from, from the you street. got congos so our uncle be like you know when you had that is african music we're like whatever but it was really symbolic and powerful that it was it was in america but yet it was african based and they were using uh, a lot of covers from rap music which rap came from what 
um, reggae. Yeah, and reggae awesome. has all of its melody. We was listening to Bob Marley all day. Mm-hmm. It felt like we was back in church. Mm-hmm. So you start to see our culture. When you don't have culture and you don't have an identity, you're always going to be looking. And I think that's more of the problem is we have no identity. So once again, the uh, this podcast is about trying to rediscover. It's a journey. Rediscover our identity through our spirituality and through our um, understanding of self and reliance on um, the most high and getting back to God, getting back to that part of us that's God, which is the being. The being part, right? The being. And understanding God, you know, you'll also understand each other because yeah. that's a part of the problem mm-hmm. in our existence in humanity. We don't commune, we don't consult, we don't console. Mm-hmm. Like the whole idea of sharing empathy is that's all gone out the door. Because right. you, you hear these terms like where individualism is about me. Mm-hmm. Do you? Like it's all fine and great. Yeah. But you can't survive without other people. It's impossible. So how can you coexist? Why is it that we look the same, we can talk the same, could be from the same place, but we have dividing factors. We have things that separate us. And we got, we, and like people used to say a lot along, uh, all, all along is the devil's in the detail. So reading between the lines and really looking deeper into beyond what you see on the surface level. And that's another aspect of what this podcast will be used to uncover. Because we want to have those deeper conversations so that we know the why. Yeah. And not just what it is, but we understand the know the why and from all perspectives. So that gives you a better understanding of how you can grasp that information. And the cool thing, you know, as we begin to get into this podcast and talk about the power of words, you know, um, the word is really important. And, you know, and I think. If we go back to the scripture, because, you know, it's like, oh, this is a religious podcast. This is not a religious podcast. This is a spiritual journey. This is a natural because anything that is real, anything that's God driven will also be found in everyday life. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've noticed is like all the way from spirit or from thought process or from idea, intel, intellect, you know, emotion. Those that's the spirit world. You know, if you're going to use the scriptures. The, the most important thing that I realized, you know, in studying, because you know, I went to school, we went to school and got our master's in divinity, master's education. in education. You even went to seminary as well in Bob Jones world. So we want to come to the Midwest. You know, I got mine from Springfield, Missouri, Over there, you know, Greenville, South Carolina. <laughs> yes. Shout out to Dr. Bob Jones, the <laughs> third. That was a quite that was an interesting experience there, too. And, and see that 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 also plays in. A part of why this podcast is so unique because we're from Africa, parents are from Africa, living in the DC area, experiencing this culture, leaving and going to the Midwest, going to uncharted territories, Missouri, Greenville, South Carolina. It can't get any more conservative and white power than that. And then on top of that, that's, that's then you the, move the, the Trump, the Trump world. <laughs> then you you move to California. Yeah. I moved to Texas. I lived in Arizona, and. That tells you a little bit about who we are, that we're just open at all times to explore, to be new people, to new endeavors, new opportunities, because that's just something that's been in our being. From the jump, you know, we'll get up, we'll be, you know, 17 years old, you get your uncle bucket. That the gas, the gas was incredible. <laughs> Man, we used to drive through Potomac, pick up some chicks, do all kind of stuff. You know, teenagers, how we do. We just moving around that's doing it. what we that's do. It. And then be like, yo, you trying to go to Atlanta? Sunny black pack up and go gone they be like yo where'd y'all go don't, don't even worry about it, about it. <laughs> that's what we used to do just pick up and go i mean i just I remember we didn't even have, where did we get money from 
Money was never, never a factor. It was never to factor. this day, money's not a factor. The things we've done, we've been all over the world. We've traveled. We've helped tons of people. We're doing some amazing projects that we look forward to sharing um, in the future and in future podcasts that we're doing and the impact that we're having. So we want to teach people that it's not about always having all the money because you're like, oh, we got to stack our bread. We got to do this. We got to do that. Yes, to a degree. Right. For what purpose? Everything is context. And that's what we need to learn. And a lot of that we can't learn is because we don't have structure. Mm -hmm. We lost a lot of our structure, whether it be family structure, whether it be the male influence, whether it be mom influence. It's so mixed up with the bottom line. And that's a part of a society that we are in that is prehistoric and that is outdated. Mm -hmm. Nature teaches us that you need everything or you need elements. You need each other. Mm -hmm. You need water. You need air. You can't survive. Did something go out? You're listening to the Out of Ashan podcast. And we back on. Um, it's recording. You know what I'm saying? We're getting a little bit of this technical difficulty, but we're still here and we're still popping and we on. So I think it's important for us to realize that we need each other in order to survive. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to do it alone. It's imperative. Yeah. You got to study history. We got to really look at it. And people are like, oh, history's in the past. It doesn't matter where I'm from. Da-da-da. No, it does matter. Because how are you going to know where you're going if you don't know where you came from? It's just like watching, you know, say Game of Thrones, for all my Game of Thrones people or whatever TV show you like. And if it's in five, six, eight seasons and you come in on the seventh season and thinking you know what's going on, you don't know. No matter what you say, if it's a good story and it's really progressive, if it's one of those shows where it doesn't matter, like... Is the same episode every time Which seems to be life right now For most people is just the same chapter you keep reading Is that that's just me that's just the way I am No it's not just the way you is are it? You are wired based on A lot of different factors for instance Right now I'm speaking English Right my parents is from Ghana My parents is African Speaking tree Speaking tree But we speak English right now this is somebody else's language Shout out to English but uh, Yeah that's not my vibration Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you're from, you know, uh, Ecuador or wherever you're from, you that's native language, mm-hmm. you know, but you speak in Spanish. That's it. And Spanish was what? Because of the settlements and the conquistadors and, and all that that happened. So if you don't understand your history and know where you're coming from, you're going to always be lost. So it's really important for us to begin to understand who we are because then your value comes. And that's been the beautiful thing for me. I'm first generation. And, you know, unfortunately... But fortunately, my parents passed away early on in my life, you know, six months apart. So I was lost. And then I moved to California, like you said. And I felt like, you know, I've been a nomad all this time. But I learned, first of all, that God is real. And he was the one who was guiding me and protecting me, even through situations that seemed to be bad. You know, you read in the book of Genesis when Joshua or Joseph, when he went into Egypt, he was sold into Egypt by the brother, by his brother. Flesh and blood. Your own brothers. It's always your brothers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you look at Martin Luther King to Malcolm X to whoever, to Jesus Christ. Shout out to, you know, I was watching, uh, I think it was The Breakfast Club and and Dame Dash was on there. And that thing always stood out to me when he was like, what do you get when you have um, 12 12 (laughs) disciples and you feed and helping them? Hung on the cross. cross. (laughs) That's what you go get. That's it. Somebody has to be a sacrificial lamb, right? <laughs> and that's what no one wants to be. Right. And that's oftentimes why movements and things never begin. Mm-hmm. Because when people begin to weigh the cost, mm-hmm. they're like, ah, now nah, I'm good. Let somebody else do it. 
and then they'll just ride on their coattails. Right. And and race has never been necessarily an issue, but it does matter. Just like, you know, you have uh, different types of animals. You have lions, you have tigers, you have pumas, you got cheetahs. Those are all cats, but they have different functions. And is the beauty is in our diversity. You know, like in Africa, there's so many ethnic groups. When I was traveling throughout Africa and doing the work I was doing for that time period, it was like, wow, look at all the different countries and different ethnic groups and different, but yet it's still a same type of people. And I'm sure you can find that in Asia and anywhere else. Right. So like being in Missouri, I remember I went to Branson, shout out to Branson. That's like the um, Vegas of the Midwest. And I went to go see the ball knobbers. Lambert's. If you ever been to Branson, go to Lambert's. Oh, the road the road. I think we need to get them as a sponsor. You feel me? Call Lambert's. We're going to get back to Missouri. Evangel University, shout out. That's where I um, got my first degree from. And I remember my good friend um, at the time, he, we went to see the ball knobbers. There's like 4,000 people there. And he was like, yo, do you notice that you're the only black person here? And I was like, it never even crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Now, a part of that could be, was that you? Because you was Uncle Tom. That, that's a percentage of that, possibly. But you, you, did, you weren't aware of it. Growing up, we didn't see, we yeah, had see, white people in our church. We used to, we were just talking about music, like Michael W. Smith. These are like contemporary artists. These are all white folks. So in our world, even growing up in, our, in the neighborhood I grew up in, it was diverse. So we saw everybody. Everybody, mom and dad were there. We, it was just, it was a different time. So for us, even going to Frostburg, going to different places, it didn't occur to me like going to Bob Jones. I was like, even Bob Jones in the classroom, those grad classes might have been two of us. Right. But you didn't notice it unless someone said something about it. Like you didn't notice. Well, let me say that. Me personally, I wasn't aware that I was the only guy because yeah. in my perception, I never it wasn't on my radar to look at that. Right. But then as we started getting more involved in society, you were going to school, you started seeing the injustice and the inequalities and certain things. It's kind of like Moses. Moses what? What did Moses do? Moses was an Egyptian. I mean, he was a Hebrew, but living in Egypt and he was a prince. He was like the guy. And then he realized he, he started walking around, you know, he's seeing in the mud pits and he's seeing them struggling. And he looking good, but he's like, hold on. You got that connection. Mm-hmm. Whoa. What's going on here? I remember I have on my Facebook, you know, eight years ago, um, me going through the tour in Benin of the, it says the, 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 um, God, what was the name of that place? It was basically the route of the slaves and what they went through and how they enslaved, the, how the African released the other Africans and it was business at first. And then it just got out of hand basically. And then that's how we got this whole transatlantic, Atlantic slave trade and those kind of things. But what you have to realize is that slavery is been going on all over the world. It wasn't just black people mm-hmm. that were being enslaved. This was happening to Europeans talk to the irish there was people who've been enslaved a lot however the effects of slavery has hit us and has been affecting us to this time we're, we're still dealing with slavery of mm-hmm. uh, the effects of slavery which is basically post-traumatic slave we're dealing we're dealing with trauma is that a rap oh okay not a rap my daughter's back here and she's my my uh, what do you call them, people? Executive producer. Yeah. <laughs> back here producing. We got our girls back here. We got one of our girls who's giving us, you know, when we're off and when things are not going right. And we got one taking pictures and we got one who's holding the camera. And it's a family business. We love our kids. We love um, seeing them grow and them being in this atmosphere um, and seeing the importance of dads. So shout out to the dads. You know, dads at times have gotten such a bad rap, but fathers are a part of civilization. 
It's about that's that's the role we play. It's almost like once again, everyone has their role, and I'm not here to fight the feminist movement and all these different things that we have. We could talk about that later, but just in pure root, we're going to root. Pure root is just like oranges. You got apples, you got pineapples, you got all types of fruit, and pineapples can't tell oranges. We don't want vitamin C anymore. What do you mean? You need that. That's why I'm here. No one can tell me to go anywhere because none of you made me. None of you brought me here. <laughs> That's so true. So y'all going to try to marginalize me. <laughs> Mendici. <laughs> oh, shout out to Kanye. <laughs> and we got great spiritual oh, connections. You know, speaking of Kanye, you know, I got into music because of Kanye. Jesus walks. I was in seminary. He said, Jesus walks. I'm like, yo, Jesus walks. Y'all don't feel the anointing on that? Nah, but he just said the B word on the next song and da 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 da. Really? Didn't Paul? Paul didn't know what he was doing and Barnabas helped him, didn't he? It's, I, I couldn't understand it. You know, even just you mentioning that talks about the power of language. Because I don't know if you recall when early uh, in Sunday school, mm-hmm. we used to have uncles who used to come from Germany yeah. teaching the classes. And they would come in the middle of the Sunday school they would be like effing oh shit all this yeah. disuse our light and we were like oh, oh but yo know, he cussed and he's actually teaching us the bible but because they come from a different culture in germany that's everyday dialect he was looking at us like what what are you talking about because we we're in a new norm he was a new normal so what was normal there is not normal here right and, and another thing just to add that point shout out to james k pnm <laughs> he was to me in my opinion, one of the greatest pastors that I ever had in my life. Now, you, uh, let me give you a context. We're young kids. This is like the 90s. And he's teaching us about his breast. Her breast shall satisfy thee at all time. All the boys is like, yeah, we like that verse. Where's that verse at? And then he played full metal jacket in church and allowed us to watch us to teach us how the world really is. Language. I mean, we're talking how old were we? I mean, at least middle school was like, 12, 13, yeah. just going through puberty. The testosterone is up. If you would have saw the other teachers, the ladies walking around here, like, what are they playing? Because my dad, he used to always tell us, he's like, this right here is not real life. <laughs> so he, he is always he's always referred that back. He said, "Nah, you guys need to get a lesson on real life. A lot of his friends and people he associates with are all they were. My dad was a pastor, but he associated with everybody. Yeah. I mean, he has so many people come through our house living at our house at times that you would think these are like um missionaries nope these people were actually drunkards i mean oh my uncles you got drunks womanizers you name it they were living right there and and that was his whole mantra so him playing full metal jacket in church for us Mm -hmm. we used to watch it at home (laughs) but yeah your dad was really impactful because he taught us things that to this day i'm 40 years old and i still remember remember. Uh her breasts are satisfied at all times um full metal jacket and he to hear those words coming out of those people's mouth and how depression mm-hmm. there was what he was speaking words to him you ain't nothing you ain't gonna never be none you stupid breaking him down breaking him down till he lost control and we see that happening right now mm-hmm. you know i do lyft from time so shout out to lyft and uh, uber uber we drive around so many people throughout los angeles from all over the world and being able to connect with them and knowing the power of words and the power of uh connection you know even with your business and picking up diplomats and people from all over all walks of life and being able to connect so it's like it's not a racial thing Mm -hmm. because like you said i was in springfield missouri i was in uh you was in south carolina 
Texas, Arizona. Africa. We've been to Nigeria. Shout out to Nigeria. Now, my name is Omu Wale. Our son has come home. That's what I used because I was working for a nonprofit organization, the Foursquare Foundation, which is really cool. So shout out to the Foursquare Foundation and giving me the opportunity to build something from the ground up and being able to put work throughout 40 nations, 40 nations. So for those who don't know geography, Africa is a continent and there are 54 countries. Depending on who you talk to, some think 55, <laughs> but 54 countries in Africa of different ethnic groups and people and the land and the people are rich. Like diversity. And there's a lot of people in Africa and Africans, even throughout America. With different shades, believe it or not. Remember growing up when Calvary Baptist Choir came from Ghana? I mean, you would have thought it was United Nations in that choir because in our minds... And that was just you, you, primarily you, Ghana. That yeah, was just one that was country. Just one, one country. In our minds, you think Africa, African country, all black people. Yeah. But it was just people, I mean, different shades of black there or brown. All the like, diversity. What? That's the power. The power mm-hmm. is in diversity. You know, we, we kind of mimic that or model that in America. But I think a part of the problem we're having here in the United States is that it's a young nation, mm-hmm. right? America's what, 250 years old. It's a young nation. So some of the ideals and the, the perspectives that they've operated from or we've been operating from for such a long time needs an upgrade. We need to reevaluate if we're going to survive and become the great nation that this country has the potential to be with all this diversity. Mm-hmm. You know, we look back to some of those things that have happened through slavery and then, you know, people wanting reparations or what happened to the natives or the Native Americans or um, different people groups, you know, the Chinese or the, the, the Mexicans or what you can go through every people group and see times of affliction and time of growth. And I feel like this is a great opportunity for us to really have a new conversation and look from an opportunistic standpoint, opportunity, optimistic, an optimistic standpoint of how we can approach. And it starts with in. And one of the great things I've learned, you know, working in hip hop and, and hearing a lot of the, the leaders and the, the people who are leading the culture today is self-awareness and self-love self-love is really really important now there's a fine line between self-love and (laughs) um narcissism (laughs) self-indulgence anything everything is balanced Balanced, you can't be too overly this or too overly that like you say everybody want to be somebody else right somebody wants long hair somebody wants to be darker someone wants to be lighter everybody who's trying to be light the other ones who are light are trying to be dark this one is fat oh i don't got this so i need to get this so they're gonna put this in and i'm gonna get this and i'm gonna get this work done and i'm gonna do this so what is the internal dialogue that's causing that and you can realize where people are based on the outward appearance of what's going on in their mind a lot of times so when you look on the outside now obviously that's don't judge me just an opinion yeah and it's just <laughs> an observation <laughs> yeah they're all having an opinion if i don't agree with you i don't agree with you <laughs> i don't have to that's a part of emotional intelligence we've been talking about like we need to grow emotionally and not feel like we have to do it the way everyone else does it or the way someone else said i need to do it or well you don't you don't you're not being what's the word they use all the time what's the political all these political i call these incantations in in jamaica they call it ubia it's witchcraft Witchcraft. (laughs) (laughs) where it's always a control you gotta control control. somebody Mm mm-hmm why do you have to why why can't I just think what I think and still be okay with you? Like, hey, me and Cole, 
we agree on a lot of things, but we may not agree on certain things. And it's like, okay, it's maturity. You know, he like the Denver Broncos going up. I'm like, I'm not a John Elway fan. The Eagles are the team to beat, bro. <sighs> <laughs> he want to go into sports. I mean, shout out to Randall Cunningham, <laughs> the man, the, if, the if best Randall is, of all time, right? And, and I, you know, I picked John Elway because when I was in school in sixth grade, when Washington Redskins, it was Doug Williams, the first, I think, the only, not the only, but he was the first black quarterback to win. I the think Super he was Bowl. the first. I think he might, is he, he only? Isn't McNabb or somebody? Or I, I got to do my. I'm, this is not a sports show, but we just tapping into it, so I don't remember. Boy from Seattle. Oh yeah, Russell. Right, Russell. So, yeah. so mm-hmm. Doug was the first. 4210 everyone in my house you know i always want to go contrary like a go against the grain so they were like you know we redskins fans I was like eh. and then i remember we threw a touchdown first touchdown. first touchdown it was like the second play or something i was going um. i was oh i can't even feel it right now in my bones how happy i was and then the whooping came and it was 4210 oh, oh they beat us so bad and john elway lost four super bowls but then he won two, two in a row yeah and he done a great job over there. Hall of Fame. So we can't hate on John Elway. It was good. It was good. It was a good run. <laughs> then he liked the Detroit Pistons, you know, the bad boy Pistons. I was the Lakers fan. Magic was my favorite basketball player. But I'm a Laker fan now because I'm a LeBron fan. I think it's different now because it's not. I think they're going back to that because you see what happened with Golden State. You stick with a team. You stick with people. You learn chemistry. Once again, you have to work with one another. It's, you see it in sports. We could take it to a lot of Very different. Nice. You need sports. You need. I mean, you need unity. You need time. We need time to get to know each other. We have to undo a lot of these social norms and ideals that have kept us from being more than what we are. You know, there's so much division. And, you know, the bigger task in my mind is getting unification amongst us as a people. And, you know, that task is so great because one of, one of the questions we need to get answered and we hope with the dialogue amongst ourselves and whatever guest in our community as a whole is, you know, as a people, Understanding you, that's a task. That's a lifelong mission. Right. Because you're constantly growing. You're constantly uh, getting to know who you are and how you fit in. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, a lot of the things, when you look at slavery worldwide, Mm -hmm. this is a unique situation where the people who are oppressed are still living in that same land and their offspring are continuing to live in the same land. So it's not like... It's not like the Holocaust or the Jews, how they were being persecuted at one place and then moved and elsewhere to a different location where they got a fresh start. Yeah, You're still entrenched on the same soil, on the same land that it took place on. And nothing has changed. There have been amendments here and there, but it hasn't been a complete overhaul. Right. So because of that, it seems like you'll never come to that place where it'll be just complete freedom mm-hmm. because it's always been there. Right. And the generations are going. It's just like things are just moved. Time is moving along. But this, the undercurrent is still the same. Which goes back to, once again, like you said, perception. Mm-hmm. Perception is everything because all of us look at the world a certain way. For instance, those who have, say, like insecurities and you may look at somebody and you think they're looking at you a certain way or they think a certain way. So you assume that's what they look at. And then your assumption becomes a reality to you. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even mean it's re- You haven't even asked him I remember this one dude Was like You know what I'm saying I, The first time I saw him I was like Alright I'm gonna let that slide And then he did it again I was like yo What you I was like yo So did you have a conversation with him He was like nah I was like So how do you know He was even thinking that How, how would you How did you come to that conclusion It was all in his mind That's what I thought So perception is everything And perception deals with what Words You go to Genesis chapter 1 What does it say In the beginning God First That's the first thing So I think it's really important for us to realize right now, everyone's heart is beating, right? Your heart is beating right now. 
you have no control of your heart. Try to make your heart stop. Stop it. Stop your heart right now. Stop it. Can you do it? What's going to happen three minutes from now? You really don't know. You can, pat, you can literally, your heart can stop beating right now. It's, built, it's literally off the energy. Whoever is in control of that. Let's go back. Uh, let's go even further. The sun. Can any of y'all touch the sun? Has anybody touched the sun? You know, they say they went to Mars. I'm not even going to get into that yet. Well, but when the sun? The sun. No one can touch the sun. It goes up close. and it comes. We can manipulate all kind of things. We can make fake food. We can do all these things. But no one can touch the sun. And the sun gives life to everything on the earth. And, and the sun finds itself in my skin. How is that bad? How is that negative? Self-love. Love yourself. Everybody out in, in Swaziland, in Lusoto, in Kosa, in South Africa. <laughs> the first language, love yourself. In Uganda, in Ghana, in, in Paraguay, in Argentina, in Bolivia, Peru, Chicago. in Chicago, DC. in Mexico. Everywhere. In Jamaica, Yard. Baltimore, Cuba, the NY. I mean, you. The list goes on and on. Yugoslavia, we're, we're all over. Russia, everywhere. China, China. <laughs> Japan, all over the globe. Love yourself, and you are important. You bring a. So we can break it down. Like, say the Africans are, you know, the the a certain type of fruit, and then you got the. We are all a diverse makeup of what the beginning. God, mm -hmm. God created you. Everybody That's the substratum to all things And that's what we got Everything else is Illusions God created you And then he said In the And then he said Let there He said Word He said Let there be light And there was Light So whatever you say Will manifest No matter whether you believe it or not Because whatever you believe in your subconscious Whatever We're not going to get into the metaphysicals And all those different terminologies and sciences to try to control it's just what it is your mm -hmm. word produces fruit mm -hmm. if you keep going to somebody and say yo you stupid you dumb you ain't gonna never be nothing anyway you ain't nothing you're you're an idiot they carry it or y'all ain't gonna never make it we always broke we they always struggling it. that's it we ain't never got nothing we ain't gonna never make it we ain't gonna what if you start changing the dialogue and changing your perception and saying mm, we've been out the game but we're gonna get back up you know the thing about the dichotomy between the two, that person or the word you throw out there, they could take it and use it and use that to the demise. Or they'll take that same word and say, I'm going to make it my mission to work against the thing you say. So regardless, that word has life, for depending on its outcome, for it example, has life. For example, in the hip hop community, thank you, Alec Cole, for sharing that. You have what? The word, the N word mm -hmm. started from the E-R to the A Blah 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 It was now what A term of endearment And now everybody uses mm -hmm. it Now we can argue Who Whether can that's it. good Right <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation And I'm not getting into that You have enough people Who talk about that But right. you get my point The word And that's what it means To be made in the image Of the most high To be made in the image Of the unseen God Who made all things Right now the earth Is in the middle Is suspended in space Just up there Just there And science is trying to Make sense of what exists now We don't know what life is out there Because we haven't been there We can see it with our telescopes Can't get close But we don't know what's there You don't know what's there Because we're not supposed to be in that atmosphere That's why it's space There's no gravity He gave you gravity here Because this is where you belong Now I'm not saying we can't explore We can't go blah 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 Because we're already doing that But my point is What naturally 
We got to go back to nature, natural, because we fish out of water right now. We're not tapping into what is there and thus why the earth is responding. I have a theory. Some would say it's a theory. I believe it's a spiritual principle. If we as individuals become better and love ourselves, even as a collective, it will manifest in the earth itself. The earth is responding not only to because we won't give it rest. We're always pulling on it, creating cars, creating this, doing this. And it's all based off of economics, which is okay. Economics is good. Make money, get money, all that good stuff. But if that's the only metric, that is an antiquated thought process. Because let me ask you a question. If you're making all this money and we ain't got the earth no more and we, you know, carbon and carbon footprints and all these different things are all over the place. Where are you going to spend the money? You better create your own planet and go somewhere else. So we got to use logic again. We have to get back to the basics, get back to. And that's what Africa taught me when I had to go to Sudan. In the middle of the bush In the middle of the bush Where they were just living in huts And living off the earth We'd be like Oh they're not advanced We don't got no technology They ain't got no internet They ain't got Snapchat They ain't got this Listen They're living a better fulfilled life My grandma was in a village And she lived to 108 And her sisters lived at 112 His grandma's still alive She's still alive She's close to 90 Stronger than you 30 and 40 year olds Hustling busting here No cancers No none of that stuff So the real question is, Who's the third world And who's the developing world it's all perspective, right? right? Because the developing world, in our mind, what we've been told is, you know, you got cars, you got industrialism, you got jobs. I'm a lawyer. I'm a this. I'm a that. I'm got dot com this, and I'm a part of this, and da da da. But you know, you 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 tired. Your kids is all over the place. You don't even know how to relate to them anymore. I used to pick them up. I go way in the hills in California, deep up in the top of the hills, and come down, and they're like, "Oh, my kid just got off rehab." That's true. Oh. My wife is getting on my nerves or my husband is a jerk or whatever it may be. It's like, is that's that's advancement. That's that's what we're looking for. That's what we call great. We have a very limited view on life. But you go to Africa and the kids don't got nothing. And they. And they laugh. Having a good time. You talk about joy. Because even when, when we talk about our childhood, mm-hmm. us being able to pick up, go here and there. That was a true essence of freedom. Like there was no liabilities. Nothing kept you down. Like you could do whatever you. Let me tell you something. We graduated high school, figure some things out. Then we'll reevaluate this whole college thing. We were saying this back in 1995, 96. Today, that's the norm. If you look like look at President Obama's daughters, even people I've dealt with in high school, they call it a gap year now. Now, students aren't going directly. They're traveling. They're exploring. They're getting to do different things before they make that jump. We were talking about that in 95, 96. And somebody said what to us? Foolish faith. Yeah. A PhD at the university. Well, I'm not even going to put the highlight to school. <laughs> but they said it was foolish faith because we weren't thinking about doing the traditional route right. of just going. But in our minds, like, if we don't know what we want to do, why are we rushing this thing? We're, we're, we just turned 18 years of age. Why are you forcing us to go into this system to pay for it? Right. When we have we don't have a clear path of what it is we're trying to accomplish. And being first generation is like our parents came from a different mindset. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad came from the Kwame and Krumah era, which mm-hmm. is like in the 60s and 70s from Ghana, which is a totally different nation. Then moving to America. Right. Right. And then you you you, you come into another society. And you're trying to assimilate. You're trying to connect. And most of the older people, like you said the other day, was like if someone just says, hey, don't do this. Why not? You're going to go and do it. But do if you gonna... teach them like 
the reason why you don't want to do this is A, B, C, and D. And that's what I've tried to do with my daughter and my kids. And this is a, a tip for parenting is like, you have to explain to your kids why they shouldn't do certain things. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, the whole idea about sexuality and so forth and so on is like, society is just tapping on the sensationalism part of it, how it feels. Of course, it feels great. We understand that. But there's more factors to it than just that. There's other metrics, just like with money. There's other metrics to things. And we have to, like with money, you have to think about the environment. Think about other things and say, okay, this is a good decision. This is why we should do this. This is why we shouldn't do this or why we should do that. Um, and, and comparing the temporary to the long term. Because there's oh, there's always a temporary value and there's also a long-term benefit to the different actions. Because every action, there's a reaction. But once again, the disconnect is not parents not explaining. Right. Taking the time for people to understand what it is you're trying to convey. Right. And uh, I think it's really important that we begin to dial, delve or dive into these concerns, these issues. Um and we really hope that this podcast has set an expectation of where we're moving and how we're trying to address certain things. And we want to have a conversation. So we're not trying to tell you this is the way it should be, but we want to give you another perspective, another idea, another way to look at things. And hopefully it will spark interest and spark inspiration for you to find out for yourself how to delve into what it is that's going to make me connect and thrive in this life. Why am I here right now at this time in 2020 or 2019? Why am I here? What did I do? What do I where do I go from here? Because you you could have been born in 1922. You could have been born in 1784. You were born now. Why are you so, here? Today? So you are important to the process. You are here for a reason. God said, I want you here right now. So with that being said. The word is everything watch what you say to one another how you relate to one another how you relate to yourself because as you love yourself those then you can love your neighbor we're going to sign off right here it was a pleasure talking to you Cole, and i look forward to many more podcasts and episodes where we can go in and really talk about specific issues and hopefully be able to um enlighten and help and inspire definitely This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsors, IPG and Carry On Transportation Solutions. You have just listened to the Out of Ashan podcast with your hosts, June and Co. Be sure to visit our website at www.outofashan.com to join the conversation. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, get in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Also, share with others. See you on our next episode.